We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing. Born at the Beach. All right, Daily Ticker Time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the Beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. We're all talking about the wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend. Lived up to the high-up divisional round. Should be awesome. Joining us now is one of our good friends, Sam Monson, a pro football focus at PFF underscore Sam on Twitter. You can go give him a follow. There he's PFF's lead NFL analyst. Uh, Sam, good morning to you, man. I'm going to start just the, the number one storyline from you. I know that's hard because it's like picking your favorite kid because a lot of the games were great. What what was the biggest story out of this weekend for you in Super Wildcard Weekend? Um, I guess probably the biggest is the, the 49ers look absolutely terrifying to pretty much anybody right now. Uh, this Brock Purdy thing, it's for real. Whether or not he is the answer going forward, whether how good he can be, it doesn't really matter. The point is right now he can clearly lead this offense to a point where it's almost unstoppable. Okay, Seattle has a bad defense, but... You, know, you sort of felt like, okay, if you take Seattle out, maybe Detroit makes it, maybe Green Bay makes it, whoever else. It, it didn't seem like it would make any difference. This 49ers team would just roll right over the top of them. I think they're absolutely now in in real contention for a Super Bowl, certainly from the NFC. Well, Sam, how would you pair what we saw with San Francisco in the second half of that game against Seattle with what we saw the entire game with Dallas at Tampa and just clobbering Tom Brady and company like that? There's always right. There's a good. There's a bad cowboy. That was the good Cowboys. How you feel about the divisional round matchup now? Yeah, it was. Um, that was Dallas getting themselves together for the first time in a little while. They had been a lot like Tampa Bay, actually, and just sort of struggling to find rhythm and making too many mistakes and shooting themselves in the foot over the last few weeks of the season. And going into that game, everyone was kind of wondering, was either one of these two teams going to get themselves together um, and pull themselves out of this for a playoff game? And Dallas did, and Tampa Bay just didn't. For the entire season, the Bucks were not able to find whatever it was that was going to get them back on the kind of page that we know they can get to. But yeah, Dallas, when they are in that rhythm, when they are in sync, they have a really talented group of playmakers and a good quarterback and a good offensive line and a defense that's capable of causing turnovers and generating pressure. They're a lot like the 49ers 
in terms of the areas that they're strong and, and what they can bring to the table. Hmm. Yeah, the question is just what Cowboy team's going to show up every week, and we'll see if that one shows up again uh, this weekend in San Francisco. On that, quickly, uh, we haven't talked about this yet on the show today, but Brady loses, and he's running out the field, and it's the hole. Is he going to play again? Is he going to, you know, Tampa, is he moving on? What, what are What's your read on that? How much of it was the offensive line injuries? How much of it was just a bad offensive coordinator? Because I think we all watch Leftwich and think, man, there's something to be desired there. Is there more left in the Brady tank, and would you want your team to go out? after him next year i think there is if he wants to do it um i think we've reached the point in his career where it's sort of like the last couple of years of philip rivers the last couple of years of matt ryan where he can still play at a really high level but he now needs more help around him than he used to you know we've seen in the past that he's been able to play incredible football with not a great supporting cast around him i don't know if that's the case anymore so now if he wants to keep playing he's looking at a pretty select list of teams that actually have that good situation ready for him to step into. And there aren't that many of those this season, um, a team that's actually in a really good spot everywhere except quarterback and just needs a guy to come in and be able to do what he can do. The Jets, weirdly, is a, is a spot where I think that is true. Like The Jets have a playoff caliber team right now without a quarterback that can get them there. And I doubt they really want to roll into next season with Mike White as the, the best guy on that <laughs> roster, that would make a ton of sense. Um, but I don't think he's really capable of stepping into a team anymore that isn't great and elevating them the way he would have been able to or the way he did with Tampa Bay the first time. Yeah, Sam, we, we watched Justin Herbert and the Chargers closely out here for obvious reasons, and they, they blow a 27 nothing lead on the road at Jacksonville despite having a, a plus five in the turnover category. First time ever that's happened. Uh, you know, it's basically announced by Jay Glazer yesterday. They're they're keeping him. Uh, Justin Herbert, I said this earlier, it feels like with coaches, we do this with quarterbacks. We say in two, three years, nope, he's not the guy. You need to move on. I think like we should be doing that with coaches. Your thoughts on the Chargers keeping Staley? Yeah, I mean, I think people do a, a lot of the time, and that's why there's all this talk about whether Staley gets fired or not. It's why there was talk that Mike McDaniel could be on the hot seat with a bad result or a bad performance from Miami. It, it, I think we we tend to be a little bit too knee-jerk about this. Well, not we, but certainly owners do. They, mm-hmm. they tend to look at this via kind of binary lens of, did we meet goals, yes or no? If not, somebody has to be fired. I don't really care who it is, but somebody's job has to end at, at the end of this. And that's what happened with the Jets. You know, they fired um, Mike McDaniel, or Mike... Uh, Mike um, uh, LaFleur, LaFleur, LaFleur. Yeah, LaFleur, yeah. excuse me. Um, because, simply because something had to change, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Robert Sala, the head coach, wasn't on board with this because I don't think LaFleur did a bad job. I think he just had Zach Wilson and Mike White and Joe Flacco at quarterback, and there's really no fixing that over the course of the season if those guys are not going to play at that kind of level. So I think when you look at what went wrong for the Chargers, both in that game but also generally this season, I think you have to ask yourself, you know, what here is – failures of Brandon Staley is bad coaching and what would be improved with a different guy. And I think you can definitely look at that and say, look, risk risking Mike Williams in a meaningless week 18 game was a mistake. Um, And you could argue that risking other people was as well, but particularly Mike Williams, the guy who's dealt with injuries and means so much to that offense and changes the dynamic when he's out there, that I think you can definitely argue was a major error, but I don't know that too much of that collapse in the second half was specifically on Brandon Staley. 
Like, yeah, the defense gave up some points, but the offense also stopped scoring. You know, they got three points in the second half. If the offense puts up a couple of touchdowns, that game's not close. You know, then they, they ease off to a, a pretty easy victory. So I, I don't know that they need to make that kind of knee-jerk reaction. I think everyone needs to sit down, self-scout, figure out what went wrong this season, and then identify if that's a problem that needs to result in Staley's removal or if that's something that you can improve. Hmm. On that note, we're talking with uh, Sam Monson, a pro football focus. I, I do want to ask you about Herbert because he attempted more passes behind the line of scrimmage than he did 20 yards down the field in that game. That's kind of been a theme of theirs all year. He's kind of a captain checkdown guy. Is, is that when, when you break down his performance, is that him going through his reads too quickly and he's just getting rid of the football? Is it a byproduct of not having a healthy offensive line? Is it Joe Lombardi and his offense that's putting handcuffs on him? Like, what's your read? Because he has one of, if not the best arm in the NFL, and it feels like they don't utilize it. Yeah, and that's becoming one of the most interesting questions for the Chargers because it's been a trade of Justin Herbert's now across a couple of different offenses, basically every year of his career. He's capable of making spectacular throws, and there's usually one or two a game that make your makes your jaw drop and everybody uh, go, wow. But the overall profile looks like what you said, incredibly low average at the target, incredibly conservative. So sort of statistically, he looks, or statistically, or when you look at his kind of um, throw locations, his charting data, he looks like Alex Smith. You know, that that's the kind of quarterback he's playing like, but he obviously has way more arm talent and way more capacity to do more. So one of the biggest questions the Chargers have is, like, is this Justin Herbert or is this something that now multiple different offenses have sort of created in him and how do we change it? Like, whichever one of those things is the truth, it needs to change because a guy as good and talented as he is should not be leading the league for two straight years in turnover-worthy play rate, like the lowest turnover-worthy play rate. A guy that talented simply should be putting the ball in harm's way more often than that because you need him to make those more aggressive big plays. Well, this is a perfectly fitting timing. Uh, the Chargers just fired Joe Lombardi. <laughs> As I asked that question, that just came across the wire. So wow. I just wanted to bring, they, they are going to go out for that new offensive coordinator. Sam, I'm curious, um, Cincinnati and Buffalo this weekend, neither one very impressive in their in their wins where would you lean on that game? And, and what were your thoughts kind of watching Buffalo really struggle with Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins and Cincinnati? Look, John Harbaugh's a great coach. I don't know how many people thought Tyler Huntley was really going to be able to do that. What do you make of both those teams this weekend? Yeah, Buffalo's problem is the, the same as it's been all season long, which is just way too many mistakes from Josh Allen and from that offense. Like, I don't know that Miami actually did that much to keep themselves in the game offensively but the Bills kept handing them opportunities and kind of couldn't, couldn't stop doing that for a big enough period of time. They were also running this sort of crazy, hyper-aggressive offense where everything was deep down the field. Josh Allen's average depth of target for the game was 17 yards, which is the highest we've ever seen, highest we've seen in the game this season. Um, it was 20-something yards in the fourth quarter when they had the lead. Like, they were way over the top in terms of how aggressive they were being and, and weren't just sort of taking the easy offense and keeping the chains moving. Um, and every time they've lost this season, it's been as a result of Josh Allen being way too careless with the football. So that's kind of big thing for them to focus on. The Bengals, their biggest problem is they're losing offensive linemen at a rate of one a game. Like the last three weeks, they've lost a starter in each one of those games. And all of a sudden, 
this overhauled offensive line that they spent money on in the offseason and, and drafted to improve, it's about to look like the same group from a year ago, which was catastrophic. And, you know, okay, they saw, they showed last season that they can overcome that, but it makes it really hard. And now you have to overcome it against the Bills, who have been as good as anybody over the course of the season. You know, the, the prohibitive Super Bowl favorite at the start of the season, vying for the number one seed the whole way. Um, and they have enough of a pass rush to cause you some problems. Plus, you have the extra layer of, you know, the fallout from the DeMar Hamlin situation and the fact that this game is being played in Buffalo, even though theoretically the Bengals could have beaten them in that game if it had continued and, and jumped them in the seating. Yeah, yeah, a lot of layers to that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sam Monson is the Pro Football Focus lead NFL analyst, co-host of the NFL podcast uh, by Pro Football Focus. Give him a follow on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. He's one of our favorites. Thanks for breaking down the wild card weekend and the preview of the divisional round. We always enjoy the time, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Anytime, guys. Take it easy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.